Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at Cause Pods, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Joining me this week on Cause Pods is Nathaniel Chin. He is an assistant professor at the Department of Medicine Division of Geriatrics and Gerontology at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And he is also the host of Dementia Matters. And as I'm sure you can surmise from what we have just talked about, he does a show all about raising awareness and educating people on the science behind Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And Nathaniel, thank you so much for joining us here on Cause Pods today. Thank you for having me. So take us back, you know, obviously your work is in this field. So, you know, you're clearly very well educated, very well researched, you know, you know, gerontological medicine and Alzheimer's and, you know, dementia very well. But what was it that made you want to turn all of that knowledge, all of those resources, all of that information into a podcast? Well, I guess actually I stumbled into this field of geriatrics and dementia and Alzheimer's disease. I was trained in the West Coast and I was a different type of physician when my father got diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And so that changes your life, a diagnosis like that. And so I moved home with my wife and I went into the field of geriatrics because I was personally motivated to to do something about it. Uh, and even though the, there is no cure for Alzheimer's disease, I felt I could still have an impact on my father's disease, his course, and then really just the future generations. And so it was that struggle of trying to understand dementia and Alzheimer's disease and figuring out well, where is reliable information, what can I trust, what is just fringe science um, that led me to be motivated to really share legitimate uh, science, science-based information to people who are looking for it. I mean, I imagine in the world that we're living in today of flat earthers and anti-vaccine people, and you know, there was some ridiculous number that like 70% of all medical information shared on Facebook and social media is just patently wrong. I mean, how prevalent was, as you kind of describe, like voodoo medicine, voodoo findings, voodoo research on Alzheimer's and dementia um, when you first were looking? I think there's a lot of different perspectives and opinions out there. And I really think, Matthew, it comes from the fact that we're all fearful of what it looks like to get older and unhealthy. And we're most certainly fearful of losing our identity and our memories. And so because of that, and the fact that we're still trying to understand Alzheimer's disease in particular, there's a lot of different voices out there. And I don't wanna say that they're crazy or they're wrong because frankly, we're still trying to understand. We're still trying to get to the, the bottom of this. But when things aren't backed in the scientific method, it's, it's harder for us to really prove something. And so I found a lot of different sources that didn't make a lot of sense. And then I found things through um, science, through, through the NIH and through our own center 
that at least had evidence for it. So what, what kind of medicine were you practicing prior to this change in your life that, you know, had you move home and, and you know, refocus your energy? So I was trained in internal medicine. Mm-hmm. And so my, my profession was hospital-based medicine. So I treated acute care illnesses uh, that were only in the hospital. And so it's a broad field. And so anyone who comes to the hospital that's an adult, 18 or over, uh, I would be admitting and taking care of you in the hospital. And I found, frankly, that geriatrics very much applies to that. A lot of the patients who are in hospitals are over the age of 65. And there are a lot of people who have memory problems in the hospital, whether they're diagnosed or not. So already I was getting a sense of the field. And then when my father got diagnosed, I became very uh, hypervigilant and conscientious of it. And so it was something that I was very interested in and had a true uh, empathy for. And so it was a very very easy transition for me to go from hospital medicine to geriatrics and then into dementia care. And I guess, you know, maybe dispel some rumors that people have. I mean, most people, I think, you know, the common perception is that Alzheimer's and dementia are purely just memory diseases that you simply maybe forget who you are, don't recognize your surroundings, don't recognize your loved ones and things like that. But there's so much more to it, right? Yeah, and I think you hit one of the most important topics and one of the saddest topics, which is Alzheimer's disease affects your cognition, so your thinking abilities, your memory, your speech, but then it also does affect your function. And that's actually what makes it dementia. So you are losing some of the abilities to do your day-to-day behavior and that progresses. And so at some point, a person may lose the ability to control their bowels or their bladder. They may not be able to sit up and walk And so it affects your thinking, your function, as well as your personality and mood, which is why some people become agitated or they they have changes in in how they interact with their family. Well, and I'm sure just not feeling comfortable with your surroundings because you don't recognize them and you don't recognize the people around you is just simply frustrating. And I'm sure that leads to agitation and, and certain outbursts that, you know, people might misconstrue as something else. Absolutely. And again, the way you said it is perfect, how we misconstrue their behaviors. We try to think of agitation as simply them trying to communicate to us something that's wrong and how we interact with our loved ones or the people that we're hired to, to care for really determines how that uh, interaction is going to go. So can I ask, how is your father doing? How are you all holding up You know, with his treatment? Absolutely. I actually... I'm quite comfortable talking about my dad's course, and I, and I share that with my patients. I want them to know where I'm coming from. He passed away about a year ago on January oh, 22nd. No, thank you. And, and frankly, it was a really difficult course, but also a very powerful one where I felt very close to him while, while watching the course happen, as well as close to my, my mother, who was his primary caregiver. And so when I look for speakers for my podcast and I'm interacting with my patients, I'm doing that both as a professional who studies this, but then also as the family member who witnessed it. And so oftentimes I'll say things um, to my, my guests that I interview or also my patients in a way that I think catches them off guard because I know, I know from at least some, some experience what it's like to watch your loved one change. Yeah. And, and I, I want to get into a little bit more about the, the podcast itself, but what's so fascinating to me about this venture that you're on and what's true of so many of the folks that appear on cause pods and, and even just in podcasts in general is that it, it's typically 
the most successful content or, or a lot of good content is born out of real passion. And I, I, I this is not going to sound correct, but it, it's true. Like a, a selfish goal, which is probably the best thing. Like you were doing this obviously so you can better understand what your father was going through. And, and now that you're, you know, you've shifted your career into studying this. Now you're talking about it because it is what you do and you are the best way possible. Selfishly want to make sure the best information gets out there possible, like very altruistically, but it's, it's born out of a, an internal goal of yourself. And so I, I'm always amazed at how, when we are doing something that we are passionate about for all the right reasons that we can be so much more successful. And, and I think that's true of cause pods. And I think that's true of, of podcasting in general, but so on the podcast itself. So, right. You, you move back home, you're caring for your dad, you're helping your mom, who's his primary caretaker. You know, you're doing all these different things. At one point do you decide, okay, I want to podcast about this. Like, and what what was that that brought that about? Well, if I could comment just on your first part, which is that uh, the altruism. You know, I don't feel like I have a job anymore, and I don't really. I feel like this is not just a career for me. I mean, this is my personal mission. But then also, what you said about the selfishness. As a son of someone with Alzheimer's disease, I'm at higher risk, and so I'm very motivated. I'm very selfish in making sure that the research that we're doing affects people, that we're, we're studying things that are going to benefit people, and that that information is getting out because we happen to believe our center, our research center, focuses on early detection, but also modifiable risk factors. So there are things that we can do now in our life that I believe are going to be helpful that could potentially prevent or modify the course of one's disease. So it's very selfish too, and I'm okay with that. I, if my selfishness can help other people, then wonderful. And so then to answer your second question, uh, it came about when I, when I took a faculty position at the University of Wisconsin, uh, and I've been working in the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. My, my primary role is to work with our brilliant PhDs who conduct research, both basic science clinical trials, and also studies looking at these risk factors for development of Alzheimer's disease. So I interact with participants, I interact with our teams, and it, there's still just this confusion among the many different communities about, well, what is it that the other researchers are doing? What is it that um, our participants are wondering about or the knowledge that's out in the participants? It just wasn't a very cohesive uh, message. And I think one of the best ways to raise awareness and educate is to have a very succinct uh, message. And so uh, working with our main administrators, so uh, Ms. Hannah Blazel and Rebecca Wazaleski, who's the producer of our show, we really came up with this idea of, well, let's reach people in short segments, because this is a pretty dense topic. And so, and science can be boring at times. And so if we can reach them as they're commuting to work, so 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and give them accessible, understandable information about something that is really complex, well, then we are raising awareness and we are controlling the success of that message. And so while we take feedback from our listeners, we really want them to understand what our center is doing, but also what's happening around all of the, the centers in the country. Gotcha. I, I wonder too, by the way, you know, I'm sure most of the people who you're talking to are not necessarily those afflicted, but have you found that podcasting content is, does reach the patients? Like, do you find that there are folks with Alzheimer's and dementia who are listening and who, 
you know, maybe it's giving them a, a stronger grasp on what's happening to them? Yeah, actually, I've had some really enjoyable experiences in my clinic. So I'm, I'm in a research center where, where I help researchers conduct research, and then I have my own memory clinic through uh, UW Health. And I've actually had patients and family members come in that I've never met before that will have said, oh, I listened to your podcast in advance. I, or we know what your voice sounds like. It's very similar. And this is your message. Because what I say in clinic, I often will say during my interviews with my guests. And so I have that. And then we actually have had two local uh, newspaper articles about us in the state of Wisconsin where patients or, or listeners have listened to the podcast and wanted other people in their community to know about it. Because you're right, even if you don't have memory change, you are thinking about future memory changes or you're worried or you know someone who's worried and it's nice to, to have a resource uh, that answers some of those questions. Yeah. So you obviously you have a little bit of assistance, but you know, when you were first starting this out, what were some of the challenges that you came across that, you know, maybe other folks hearing this who are thinking about launching a podcast on behalf of their cause can maybe avoid or, or, you know, improve upon? Well, I would say I have a ton of assistance. Matthew, <laughs> so, <but laughs> I would say my job is actually the easiest. And so I get to interact with these really fascinating people and ask them questions and help translate science. But the hard part, of course, is what, um, so our producer, Rebecca Wazaleski, she has to help, she has to help take some of the questions that I have and make them more understandable, more in layman's terms, because science is really complex. And so it's a real gift to be able to get people without a scientific background to understand what people are doing. But then the, the editing, Oh my goodness, the editing of a podcast isn't easy either. And so we have had two uh, University of Wisconsin communication majors or uh, students, probably juniors and seniors, uh, Alex Worley and now Bashir Aiden. And what they can do with a computer is incredible. And so if, if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't have the skills to, to edit podcasts. But I, I would say that my role is really figuring out the pertinent parts of research, uh, what people in the community want to hear when I think it's important for them, not only knowledge-wise, but just their own lifestyle-wise. Wow, that's that's very cool. So what other what advice would you give to somebody else who's hearing this who says, wow, you know, I'm a research professional doing this, or I'm, you know, engaged in this kind of activity. Maybe a podcast is the right way to spread my message. What would be your one or two top pieces of advice for them? I would say have someone in your corner that knows the technical parts of it, if you don't know it, and then have a very clear mission statement for what you want done for oh, your podcast. So because you if it's that. too broad, you, you lose yourself. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you said that. But you have to have a mission. You have to kind of know what your goals are at the end. Because you can get so many different outcomes from from doing this. And I'm sure you've had some surprising outcomes from doing this as well. So you kind of went over a little bit of that before. But any other things that have happened as a result of the podcast, you're like, wow, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. You know, our reach is much further beyond than we thought it was going to be. We have, um, so there's a listener, we, we, we have metrics for our, who our audience is. And 20% of our audience comes from outside of the country, Wow! in particular, Australia and the UK and Japan, which is, which is great to know that people uh, internationally are listening to us. But we also have listeners in every state, which is really exciting. And one of my nurses just the other day told me that her father, who's in his 80s, lives in Florida, and he lives in a condo. And 
this father was listening to the podcast and started sharing it with all the other residents in the condo. And so now they all talk about the podcast and the episodes. What we're realizing is that more people than we were expecting outside of Wisconsin are, are interested in what we're doing, as well as some of the messages we're giving. That's that's just awesome. So the other thing I want to talk to you about is the initiative to end Alzheimer's. That's the it's the University of Wisconsin. Just tell us a little bit about what they're doing and how we can best support them. So the initiative to end Alzheimer's disease is really this unifying message, this unifying group that combines both our research center, which is the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center, and then our clinic networks in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Institute. So it's two big organizations, and it really made it a very a fast-tracked way for us to have the biggest impact on our patients and on our research. And so the initiative is designed that for people who want to invest in the research, want to invest in our clinic networks, want to donate or raise awareness, it is a vehicle for them to do that. And a lot of it is about community events, about raising awareness, about getting the conversation started. And so for people who are interested, they can go to the website um, or they can go to any of our any of those two other organizations' websites, the ADRC, the WAI. But it's just a very nice unifying process because we really can't be disjointed anymore. We really have to be working together within our state, but also you know across state lines so that we can get to the bottom of this. That's awesome. So again, the show is called Dementia Matters. So if you search all the typical podcasting platforms, you're going to find it there. I'm going to give you the website of where to listen and learn more about, and I I apologize I didn't say this before, Dr. Nathaniel Chin. That's quite all right. I'm going to give you the website, but again, it'll be in the show notes, so it's easy to find, but it's adrc.wic.edu slash dementia-matters. If you're driving, please don't try and write that down. I promise you there will be a link in the show that's directly to the show where you can find all this information, learn more about Dr. Nathaniel Chin. Also, memoriesmatteruw.org. That is the charity that he is supporting. And of course, as we do with every episode of Cause Pods, we are going to have a donation link so that if you're listening to this and you believe in the cause that is being trumpeted here, you can make a donation, you can support what they're doing, and you can help them You know, in this combined effort to help cure and solve and just assist those who are battling Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, Dr. Nathaniel Chin, just want to thank you so much for all of your efforts, for what you're doing, and for joining us here on Call Spots today. Thank you for having me, Matthew. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a Cause Pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.